it's been really sweet these these Sunday evenings uh, to explore uh, what does it mean for us to be a community of faith together and what are the things that are that are of vital importance uh, to our identity as a gospel-centered community. Now, it may seem like a, 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 a strange thing to jump from uh, prayer, scripture, Holy Spirit, to hospitality. Uh, the question of does hospitality sit in that, uh, in that, that space of, of significance that something is as clearly biblically commanded uh, and offered to us as prayer. Um, but I would argue that hospitality is actually a crucial part of who Door of Hope is. And, it's, and, and there is so much scripture that supports hospitality as a key way of understanding the church's responsibility toward witness, but also it gives us a way in which witness can happen where people are not viewed so much as projects, but as image bearers of God. Um, and so I um, was thinking about how important this topic is. I wanted to give it, uh, because it's, it's often not thought about um, as, as deeply as some of these other things. So you get lots of churches that, of course, they're all about the Bible, or they're all about prayer, or they're all about the Holy Spirit, but how does one actually live out grace um, at, in a community, and that is where hospitality, which is an other-oriented way of being, um, becomes so essential to the Christian life. And so I thought, who would be the best person um, to talk about this, uh, this uh, issue? I just got scared when I looked at you because I feel like you're still mad at me. Um, uh, and uh, and the, the most um, uh, hospitable but hostile to me tonight... <laughs> Uh, person I know is my wife Darcy and so I asked Darcy to come and share um, on hospitality and to be a part of this conference just so you guys know too uh, each week's different uh, some weeks it's going to be just a straight interview I'm just asking a person a series of questions sometimes it's a conversation like Mel and I last week as both being elders at Dorf Hope so just know that really this this format is a way of just exploring ideas in a little bit different format so we can get stuck in ruts when we just come and just like we just did another worship service. I think this has been a really great way, um, and it's and each week I love that you guys have been invited into the conversation. And what I want us to be thinking about are these each of these issues and how we can actually apply them practically um, into our community so that we can best reflect the love of Jesus. So, um, so Dars. Uh, oh yeah, um, and just reminder if you have questions uh, as we're talking tonight if you could um, text in your questions to just text at doorofhopepdx.org um, and I will we'll start looking at at those uh, questions um, uh, if questions come in uh, and you know just like just make sure they're good questions I'm just joking I love that that's just like it almost guarantees that you will not write a question like um, I really don't like bad questions, Just, but don't explain what that is. Uh, no, all questions, there are no bad questions. A hospitable person would say there is no bad questions. That's the, one of the key ideas in Alpha. So write in your questions. Um, well, I wanna um, just begin by giving a, a simple definition of what hospitality is and a scripture verse to kind of establish 
what we're talking about. And then I'm going to ask Darcy um, to talk a little bit about her experience of hospitality and how she has how she has personally uh, developed what I would consider to be a really beautiful ministry of hospitality through our years in ministry together. So hospitality, first and foremost, is just at its most basic level. It's just friendliness. It's welcome. It's helpfulness. It's warmth. It's kindness. It's generosity. It's open-handedness. Um, I think that uh, hospitality is is wrapped up in Hebrews 13:2 when it says, "Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality, specifically to strangers, to be kind to our neighbor." Basically. What are the two supreme commands? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor is whoever is in front of you, behind you, next to you at any given moment in any given day. So our, um, our call to be hospitable people um, plays into every... What I love about hospitality is it's an arena or a, a, a spiritual ministry of the church that... Um, where there is opportunity for it to take place every single day. Um, and so do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels. What a, what a strange and mysterious verse. And I think that also speaks to uh, that all of our spiritual disciplines um, touch on both, on both a seen and unseen plane. <laughs> that there is a sacredness to life uh, and the Christian is a person whose eyes have been opened to that sacred order uh, and in how we treat people. And it, it allows us to even think about the sacredness of spaces, how our home uh, reflects our desire for people to feel welcome, how our church reflects a desire for people to feel welcome. Are we a people that are inviting people in uh, to healing relationships with the living Christ, and are we doing that naturally? So, Darce, I'd love to just begin. Um, are you ready for this? Do you love this? Is this on? It, it is on. But remember what I said, when you talk in it, I want you to hold it up like this, like you really, like these are your people that okay. you're here to entertain. Um, so, talk a little bit, um, uh, and thank you, honey, for being here. Really, please don't be mad. That's what we were fighting over, just so you know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, I really owe you. So tell me, what is hospitality? <laughs> so I want you to talk a little bit about your own journey when you came to faith, your own experience of hospitality and, and how you have developed that personally, what kind of, how you actually kind of found your place in, in ministry and, and how hospitality has been a big part of it. Um, well, I was thinking about this, like, I mean, I'm not like the world's greatest entertainer or anything, but I do love to love people in my home, and I was kind of thinking about where it started, and I've always had a love for home. Um, I'm a complete homebody, so that's part of it, but in, um, in the early years of our life together, I worked in I guess you would call it like a home and lifestyle store in Seattle. And I just really fell in love with 
the beauty of a home and you know we had a tiny little apartment at the time but still it was you know it was our home and I put our touch on it to make it be warm and comforting to us and so that's kind of when I started falling in love with making a home um, but I got saved after Josh and so he was already well involved with the church by the time I got saved um, almost 20 how long have I been saved? Well, you, you came to faith two oh, years yeah, so about me. Oh, yes, yeah. about 22 years ago. Yeah. And um, I got saved, and instantly we were thrown into ministry. And so becoming an instantaneous pastor's wife was a really weird thing because I didn't know the Bible. I was so clueless. But one of the first things that I kind of got thrown into was... Um, I started to attend his church finally, and they were having a women's retreat, and they, because they knew what I did for a living at the time, they asked me to, like, do the decorations, and um, I just, I felt so out of my element, but I remember I found this verse in the Bible, and again, at the time, I didn't even know what the Proverbs 31 woman was, um, which is kind of funny since I was on my way to being a pastor's wife, but um, this, this portion of Proverbs 31, she is clothed, clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And that may sound kind of funny, but I, I took that verse and I wrote it on little plant markers and I made all of these little planted herb pots and and that so I just read you know I wrote that verse over and over and I don't I feel like God used that verse to kind of um, help me envision the type of Christian woman that I wanted to be someday and you know it's just like casting vision for your life almost and that's kind of where it started and then I just I went through kind of the path of our life together and um, from there we moved to Spokane that's where Josh was you were an official pastor that, at that, that was my point. first full-time job as a worship pastor yeah and so we um, were welcomed into an existing community group at that time a home group and that was really like my first experience with extreme hospitality. We just met this wonderful couple. They brought us into their home and their friendships. And I don't know, it's just the kind of home like you could walk in and take off your shoes and curl up in a chair and grab a blanket and felt like family. And, and I, I really realized that woman's name was he is Heidi, and I, I learned a lot from her. That's kind of where I first experienced it. But everywhere we have gone in ministry, um, I've just learned a little bit more. And I think the, the neatest thing was when we went to California, I got involved in um, kind of like intergenerational ministries. There was this 
ministry called Apples of Gold, and it, we were a, a bunch of us, like older, more seasoned ladies, were working with younger women, cooking in the kitchen, talking about raising children, being married, teaching them what hospitality was, and um, that was a really rich time for me. And and we always just seemed to have like young people in our home, and it didn't matter how tiny our home was or how big our home was. It always I mean, I remember when the kids were little and we lived over in Lad's Edition, our house was really small and we had a, um, a married group at our house and the, all the ladies and I, when we'd separate from the husbands, would curl up on my bed, <laughs> in our bed, in our bedroom, because that was the only place to go. But So, I don't know, it's just been like this journey of like learning how to love people and how to um, listen to people and help them to feel comfortable in our home environment. Yeah, I, th I think that the, the word we were talking about um, today is just the, the word that I would use to describe what Darcy brings uh, to hospitality is uh, um, the, the first the word, the word embrace comes to mind of like of being being embraced being welcomed in in such a way that i this per i feel loved and cared for in this space like i think about how taylor armstrong and the young man that we had to lead worship we helped him do a record and he stayed with us and it's like i, I think he still texts darcy every day as like his new adopted mom because she created a sense of home that he hasn't experienced since his mom his mama passed away from cancer when he was 17 and it's like he discovered he's like this is what I want I want when you have, when you can create a space that inspires people to not like I want to have a beautiful space like you but I want to have a space that makes people feel as loved as I felt when I was in your home uh, I, I, I really believe that's your that's the gift so embrace a, a space that embraces people makes them feel like they they're a part of your family but also I think nurturing is another uh, you always use the word nesting <laughs> like that. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think nurturing is the key part of hospitality because, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in a studio apartment or in a big rambling house. I think it's, it's how you're loving people that is the hospitality mm -hmm. and the nurturing. Right, yeah. Well, I want to I talk about, I, I kind of broke down, um, and I'm going to ask you questions kind of based on each of these and we tried this already, and now you feel so ready, because that was such a good answer. Wasn't that a good answer? Everyone? Oh, stop. Uh, I want to talk about hospitality in, in kind of, that I think will help, help us put this into a grid that, that I, I, I think will be meaningful. And the first is I want to connect hospitality with humility. And, and what I mean by that is, um, it, it, I can just share this, this idea. It is only when we claim if I could borrow the language of Henry Nouwen, when we claim our own belovedness, uh, our belovedness, that is, we know that we are beloved, we know who we are in Christ, uh, that we actually have the ability uh, to invite people into that space. And so there is a, there is a, a, a reality, um, you know, I think hospitality is a, is a gift. I think some people are naturally, um, uh, just naturally have a natural leaning toward it, but we're all called to be hospitable. Um, but to be a people that actually are conduits of inviting people into 
uh, nurturing relationship, to, for people to feel embraced by our presence um, in a way where they feel loved and cared for, it flows out of a right understanding that I myself am loved in spite of myself, that I am radically loved. We can't possibly be gracious toward people if we don't believe that God is gracious toward us. Um, and so if there is a disconnect, an internal disconnect, uh, I, I think that, that that's a, a deep problem. Henry Nouwen said, um, the people to whom we seek to extend hospitality can detect sooner or later if we ourselves are disconnected from our own soul and estranged from God. Um, they can tell that. And, and Darcy, I was going to say, like, one of the things that has always been, I always joke that my wife is a, is, um, is a practical mystic uh, in, in the truest sense of the word, that ever since, you know, we didn't come, we got saved later in life. We were at Calvary Chapel. We were definitely not a part of, um, of uh, charismatic circles. Um, that wasn't really our thing. But Darcy always talked like a charismatic without even ever being trained or in a vernacular, per se. And what I mean by that is she discovered a devotional life that I think actually plays deeply into her ability to, uh, to, to be the kind of nurturing person that you are, which is mm -hmm. um, when you talk about your devotions, you'll, I remember right out of the gate, you would say like, you're like, the Lord totally spoke to me today. And I'm like, that's how charismatics talk. Like, he spoke to me today. And I'd be like, well, what do you mean by that? And you would, it's like you have these like long, you have, we have a stack that we'll publish someday <laughs> yeah, no. uh, of like 150 filled journals of your conversations with God that has been your morning devotional life. How much do, do you believe that personal time of centering plays into your ability to give to the community? Mm. That is a really powerful question and one that kind of makes me teary. Um, well, I think it's absolutely essential. Um, I think that is maybe why I, <laughs> little confession here, but I think maybe that is a little bit why I, I told him no a week ago that I wasn't doing this. And last night he's like, you're doing this. And so, but I think the reason I didn't want to is I felt almost a little bit fraudulent because honestly, I haven't been entertaining a lot in this season of our life. Um, I mean, a lot of you know, just from what Josh has shared, he's been through a lot of just trauma and upheaval and, you know, that, oh, sorry, the elders um, having him take a break and take a sabbatical. It's just our life's been hard. It's been heavy and hard, and um, I've shut down in a lot of ways, and my devotional life has suffered, and it's so interesting how tied together those are because, I mean, for years I've been telling women that... <clears throat> You can only love and serve others out of the overflow. But, you know, in those seasons where we find ourselves feeling like a dried up well and we're not in constant communion with Jesus. I'm so sorry I was sick recently. I'm a scratchy throat. <clears throat> I don't know. I have just felt more of that. It's, it's in the process of changing, but that empty well. And, and so it is hard to just give to others, to open your home, to open your heart and give of, um, give because you're there to just be a conduit for Jesus's love. And so 
I can't say enough how much I think like a rich devotional life comes into play um, when loving others that Jesus brings into your life, into your home. Yeah, and I think, I think that, that, that I was thinking about that even in terms, on the most practical level, one of the ways that we can reveal uh, this, this particular facet of hospitality flowing out of humility is we have to ask ourselves, we all have relationships, most of us here, many of us here are married uh, or you have roommates or, oh, thanks, Ian. I knew that's what you were oh, doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, hospitality is, is, is something that, that it, it does, is the overflow of, of experiencing God's graciousness toward us. Um, and the ways that we have to ask is that I have asked that question, like, is Hattie, is Darcy experiencing uh, my presence? Like, really, am I present? And I mean, I, and when I, I love that concept of being present um, in a way that invites people to open up. Um, not, and in, in when you're an intense personality like myself, I feel like sometimes my presence is instead of a, the, the dark side of my personality when I'm super intense is I don't invite you to open up. I'm instead a pillow on your face suffocating you. Um, and I'm sorry for that. Sorry. This is like marriage confessional night. Yeah. But you just, anyway. Why are you so beautiful? I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that picture of, of, of really asking on a, the base level, like what, how do our kids view us? Do they see us as do they see hospitality as if, if hospitality is that self-giving where I am here and, and, and my space is an invitation for people to find nurturing and healing. I feel like you can say that even you haven't been doing it as much, but our home has always been, we have Hattie still at home, she's 17, and throughout our kids' whole life and all of our kids' relationships have been primarily with non-believing kids is that we have had probably hundreds of non-Christian Portland kids in our home experiencing mm -hmm. the hospitality and the space that you've created. Um, and they all view you. I mean, some of Hattie's friends call you like Big Mama D. I mean, they're <laughs> like, they all love, they all hug you and love you. You engage with them. Sometimes they share more with you than they share with their own parents. So I feel like that's a, that's a huge way of, that flows out of that humility is that your home is like, my job right now is our kids, so. Yeah, I think that, I don't know, I think kids are just a little bit easier, you know? They just, I, it's just like, it's what my job has been, you know? I, I stayed home with the kids, and so part of it was always like creating an environment, and I still do it now, where like, kind of like every, room is an invitation you know I always had a big cozy chair in my kitchen I have a cozy chair in my bathroom I just like any spot where it invites somebody to sit down and have conversation and so with the kids you know I have a bigger kitchen now than I've had in the past and so I have bar stools and I have a cozy chair and and I just, I don't know, I love teenagers and it's so easy to love on our kids' friends. But I think, you know, it's like when you get beyond that, you know, like you're inviting like a family from church over that you don't know and that can be really um, daunting sometimes. I'm more of like a kind of an introvert maybe and 
Um, so it just can take a lot of energy. Like being hospitable, it's like, yes, it happens out of the overflow, but it also takes a lot of energy. And so, yeah, I don't know. The kids are easier for me, but I think that, I think one thing is that I think we all complicate hospitality a lot. And I think that just, you know, one of Door of Hope's pillars is simplicity. And I think that even can carry over to the idea of hospitality because, you know, it doesn't matter like how fancy your house is or how together you feel on a given night. You know, it's like bringing someone into your home and creating a feeling of them being invited into just a time of respite and a time of comfort and being the most important thing isn't like the meal you serve or the kind of furniture you have but it's your presence and the more grounded that we are in Jesus the more present we are with him the more present we're going to be with others that come across our path yeah I think that's good well that leads me into the idea of, of hospitality and, and humility that idea of being grounded in Christ is what allows us I think can move us into that that's exactly where I want us to go is is you can't talk about hospitality without also talking about spaces um, and so in space God has created us we're physical beings we live, we're physical beings that live in the physical world and spaces matter um, door of hope as it as just so you guys know both my wife and I love interior design and it's one of the things that we love to do together we love and and it's not about extravagance in fact our whole thing is how do we how do we do something um, uh, on a single salary pastor salary how do we make a beautiful space um, uh, with a modest income how do we in there's it's so fun that um, being uh, economical um, there there's uh, someone uh, uh, oh, Chesterton said that uh, that uh, ec uh, being economical in your aesthetics is actually is more uh, is more romantic because it requires more creativity um, and uh, and I think that that's a that's a really beautiful thing but for us like there were things that we did early on door of hope the first thing when we were at the annex for those of you guys that were ever at the annex that's where Eastside coffee is now it's connected to Henson Baptist we were there for five years um, and we didn't have we didn't we didn't own that building but we I brought Darcy and I'm like what do we what can we do to make the space and we like found these $200 I remember we found a bunch of like $200 like oversized gold couches and mirrors we created the first mug wall um, which was miscellaneous mugs that were handpicked and the idea was how can we bring some of the qualities of our own home uh, into the church in, in other words how do we create the most comfortable space possible to hear the most uncomfortable message possible how do we make people feel is is your church a place where you feel comfortable inviting people um, but the same question goes for our home I mean how many of you I I grew up in a home where I never wanted anyone in my home. I didn't, I was embarrassed by my home and because my home was a broken home, it, uh, there was tension in the home. It had less to do with what it looked like and it just had to do with an atmosphere that I would give. I was the kid who anytime I went to a friend's house, all I would do is daydream about what it would be like to not have to go home and to be able to live with them. Um, so that, 
as Christians, we want to create a space where, where the lost can feel like they feel found, where, the, where, where a real sense of family and belonging happens. And so, Darcy, this is a question that I would have for you, because this is, I think, one of your greatest gifts. You just said it. Uh, and I never, you, you said that to me earlier today, and I never even picked up on it, that you literally have set a sitting chair in every corner of our house. Like there isn't, even in the bathroom, there's chairs to sit in. Um, and the idea of like every space is kind of a sacred space, but for the, for the purpose of connecting. And I feel like even our aesthetic of what we find beautiful, that we always want it to feel homey. It, like it, Austere is not a word that you would use to describe how we no, like things. No, I mean, no, I would say very unfussy and just, uh, I think the most important thing is creating an environment where somebody feels like they can just, I mean, I even see it with some, I, I meet with women a lot out of my house and, you know, somebody comes in and they're nervous because they're coming to the pastor's house and I'm far more nervous than they could ever be. But creating an environment where they, you know, I take off my shoes, I curl up on my sofa, they're like, oh, I can do that too, or oh, I'm cold, here's a cozy blanket, and um, I don't know, I just, I don't know. I, I like, well, let's talk about that, because we, we actually do know, because we're the only couple probably that goes to Airbnb houses and like replaces all the light bulbs and the lamps because we don't like the lighting. Um, it's true. Uh, and nothing will bring a bad review from us faster than a house without lamps and only has overhead lighting. Um, there are practical things that that you do to make us that matter to you in a space. And like, I mean, you well, get pride when practicality. When, yeah. Yes, yeah, I mean, speak I care. I mean, I care about temperature. I there's nothing worse for me than when I go to somebody's house and I'm freezing to death the whole time. So I mean, there's lighting. There's um, there's temperature, there's, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to say was just even about like serving a meal. Like, um, I think that that we can overcomplicate that too, just in a practical sense. Like if you have one meal that you make really well, make it every time you entertain because then you don't have to think about it. You're relaxed when the people get there. I mean, there, you know, I. I have some people in my life that I love dearly and you know they have me over but they're just fussing in the kitchen and they're nervous and they're worried it's not going to turn out because it's a new recipe and they're nervous wreck and they can't be present and they're trying to act like they're listening but they're not listening and I'm like do everything you can to make it as easy on yourself as possible do all the work before they get there so that when they come you can just be present that you have laser focus you have ears to hear and you clean up after they leave and I think just making people feel like a priority when they're with you in your home is the most important I would, I would even thing. say that if when you don't do that when you if you if you're hosting a community group and many of you are community group leaders and you have people in and you're running around frantically and, and it's and you're overwhelmed trying to cook a meal or something that is not going to send the message that um oh they're excited that i'm here like this i'm what you're the message you're sending is um is this is this is a lot for me to take on 
um, in my business. You're, this is, um, and you don't ever want people to feel like uh, they should view themselves as lucky that you are taking the time uh, to, uh, you know, where they feel like oh, I'm a burden. I'm a burden by being in your house. I mean, I've been to houses where it feels that way, and I realized it was just nervousness or having the pastor over. It's got to be right, and it's like, and then instead, it just made me nervous. Made makes can make Darcy nervous. That's not that's not the goal of hospitality, and I I, I love that what Darcy said on a practical level. It's like we have to do everything we can to create a create a space where people don't feel like a burden. In fact, they feel that this is that um, you you shared this quote with me today, Darcy, and I thought it was so beautiful um, on hospitality and um, in home. Hospitality means primarily the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change is possible. What a beautiful, what a beautiful quote that you're creating a space where people are just being loved for who they are. There's no, and this is, this is one of the key, hospitality is actually one of the key components of of alpha and its effectiveness is that the whole goal is inviting people into a conversation and trusting the Holy Spirit to be guiding people, which means that there has to be a space where they can ask any question and it's not a dumb question. And they're gonna be treated with the dignity um, to, to be as open and as vulnerable as possible. And that, that requires a, a space, you have to create a space for that to happen. We do, we do hospitality in our homes as community groups the question of, of uh, the most practical things. If you have your house freezing, uh, that what does that communicate? It communicates, I mean, that you're, are you saying that, uh, like you don't wanna spend the money on warming your house, like that's actually an inconvenience? Uh, or, you know, what what are we doing to make people feel comfortable and are we putting their, their needs first? And I feel like that's something that, um, that you do. I'm not as master. I'm not as good at multitasking. So if I don't have, if I don't have, uh, if I didn't have Darcy helping make sure that I'm able to actually enter into the conversation, she'll be the, the sous chef um, so that we, we can tag team uh, when couples come over. But man, there is, a, there is a way of the home either becoming a hostile environment due to our own unmanaged stress or a place of hospitality where people, where it becomes a space where real healing is possible. Um, isn't that, wouldn't that, would you say that, that that's like a goal of like, when you open your home up, is you want it to be a place that nurtures? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's always my main prayer, you know, when somebody or a couple or family comes to our home and leaves, I mean, I want them to leave feeling heard, known, cared for, rested, inspired, those things are very important to me. Yeah. I mean, you think about when you go into, uh, if you go into um, a spa, like what's the, what's the environment of a spa? Like, it, usually it's a very specific kind of music, probably music that you even have on cassette tapes still, because <laughs> you were a little, little new age queen. But what is it? it's, always, it's always like instrumental, gentle, it's meant to make you feel, breathe more deeply. There's usually the, uh, there's usually the smell of, of oils. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's, it's all about re, relaxation or calmness. And, and I think that that's a question of, do we create spaces 
that actually um, give uh, respite from, you go out these doors, you don't have to walk very far to come into a, a lack of calmness and peace. Um, does, is Door of Hope, a does our church, I feel like this space like oozes a calming effect. I mean, the natural lighting, but I think we have to play that over into our homes. Does it, is, is it a place of chaos or is it a place of invitation? Um, and I think this is, you can see why this is such an important theme um, as a community that cares so deeply about witness. Um, well, Darcy, I wanna, I wanna um, bring I one. Just, I kinda just wanna add something to that really yeah. quick because I don't know, I, I, I almost felt a little awkward talking about hospitality tonight because so much of this whole space thing and home thing was being brought into it. But, and that can be so daunting because I mean, like Josh is talking about like the home he grew up in. I mean, we all have different income levels. We have all different spaces. And I think the most important thing like I've said over and over is our presence. And you guys, it doesn't matter if you're like, doing cheese and crackers and apples and a cup of tea for somebody. It's it's not about what you're giving them or, you know, if you have the perfect ambiance. I mean, perfect lighting is always nice, but the most important thing is that they're sensing the peace of Jesus in you mm -hmm. and that you're there to share that with them. Yep. So I don't want to get too hung up on the space thing because not everybody has the ability to provide that ideal setting. Or I, I totally agree. And I've, seen, I've been in extremely humble spaces uh, where I felt so at home and so welcome. Mm -hmm. I remember going to a little apartment in Smolensk, Russia, and this very poor, uh, this, this poor older woman invited uh, uh, our team into her home for tea and these little weird sandwiches and they were weird but she was not weird and I had a cold and I remember she she made me eat an entire lemon rind and all because it was like that's how you get healed immediately and it was really hard to do but she was so she was so gracious and I remember her couch was really tattered and she just had it covered in like a family heirloom Quilts, and it was there was just a couple pieces of furniture, and it was just a very very humble experience. But there was just such there was this, it was the internal peace that she carried as a follower of Jesus in a place that that was not generally okay up until at the time it was 2000. So the Iron Curtain had not been down for very long, um, and she had been a, a faithful follower of Jesus even under a communist regime, and she just carried that peace. Her home was a sanctuary. And it was a home of almost nothing, but it was absolutely beautiful. So I, I totally agree. It's not about what you have. It's the heart behind what, what is the goal. And it's the details of what you think through. I think Darcy's gift of thinking through the details is because she's always thinking about how others are going to feel when they experience the space. I'm not as good at that. I'm, I'm always thinking it's way easier to think about what I'm going to feel when I'm in this space. So I think that this is, so this one, this brings me into the last one before we open it up to questions. And, and I think this is a really powerful thing. I was wondering if you could share the quote, um, Dars, um, on, uh, on listening. Uh, you shared this quote with me today and I never have thought about hospitality um, uh, in its connection to listening and how crucial that is. I think it's the most crucial part of hospitality. Which is why it's your gift. 
and not yours. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so if you can, if, if you can, uh, if you can share that. Sure. And I'll listen. Sure. <laughs> um, to listen is very hard because it asks of us so much interior stability that we no longer need to prove ourselves by speeches, arguments, statements, or declarations. True listeners no longer have an inner need to make their presence known. They are free to receive, to welcome, to accept. Listening is much more than allowing another to talk while waiting for a chance to respond. Listening is paying full attention to others and welcoming them into our very beings. The beauty of listening is that those who are listened to start feeling accepted, start taking their own words more seriously, and discovering their own true selves. Listening is a form of spiritual hospitality by which you invite strangers to become friends, to get to know their inner selves more fully, and even to dare to be silent with you. And that's um, Henry Nouwen from Bread for the Journey. Yeah, that's a, it's a beautiful. Uh, yeah, how, how do you, you see that as a, what's the challenge of that and in, uh, in, in the gift of it? Well, I mean, for sure, I would definitely go more for the gift of it. I mean, there's nothing I love more than when I see a hurting person come into my home and sit with me on my couch and watch them become safe enough to share their innermost thoughts and feelings and struggles with me and half the time, you know, ending up in my arms crying. Like, for me, that's what it's all about. Um, I don't know. I think, I think I am such a listener, and I, I don't... Um, you know, it's very funny who I'm married to, and I don't, I don't, very I don't. Very funny. <laughs> Just amusing. So funny. Um, I don't. I'm not like one that's gonna fight for the. Like I, I am so nervous. I can't even tell you how awful it feels to be up here. But I'm just like not one that will struggle for a spotlight or compete in conversation, and so. Um, I mean, I guess if there was any kind of downside, that's like a funny way to put it, what you asked, but I, I think I focus so much on listening and then of course responding. It's not just listening, it's like entering into that person's pain and their struggles and their confusion and you know, coming alongside them and that, taking their hand and walking through that and being you know, a sounding board for them and somebody to offer wisdom and guidance. But also, I mean, for me, it can end up where I am a professional listener and then I get to a point where I'm like, nobody's listening to me. But that's when you're like, kill self now because that's like not what Jesus is not calling me to make sure I'm fulfilled and getting to talk enough. But... I don't know. That's well, what I would say. The reason I, I asked that part of it is because I think that we need to be honest about the fact that discipleship is costly, and to enter to be a, to enter into hospitality is to allow yourself to be poured out for others, uh, and 
and this is why it goes back to that first point of hospitality and humility of being so grounded in Jesus um, that that went to enter into the work of embracing and nurturing people that are hurting uh, is is not necessarily going to always be the space where you're going to walk away personally filled up like oh I felt heard and seen uh, you're going to feel filled up because you were utilized in the life of another and that's where I see I see the trade-off and I, I can see the costliness of that when you're in ministry it's like like I want to be I want to be known and I think that's where I think God will provide that for us but we also need to be willing to like enter into the, this is it's the call for the Christian is not to enter in to hospitality with people that you like to hang out with. Um, the call for the Christian is to enter in to hospitality, a generosity with your neighbor. And that's going to be people you love and people that you struggle with and people that you don't know. And it's going to be a variety. And we don't get the option of opting out of relationship. That's the thing that I want us to understand. At the end of the day, hospitality is so deeply connected to witness that they will know you are my disciples by what? Your love for one another. Your love for one another. And so I, um, I appreciate that. Like, I can see how hard that is for Darcy. I mean, I think me and the kids, where Mama's the sounding board, we're like our worlds like rotate around her, but I feel like sometimes it can be an un... Uh, there can be a lack of, of thankfulness, uh, even though we're all so gr grateful for the gift that she is in our lives. I, I think Hattie's the most thoughtful. I mean, remember coming down one day and bringing, she's like, Mama, I just want to thank you. Think of everything. Whenever I go to the bathroom, there's always toilet paper. I never even thought about where it came from before. Remember when she said that when she was like in third grade? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you think of everything. <laughs> and I, I think, the gift of hospitality is the ability. What you said something today about hearing, hearing the what was it the white spaces? Oh, um, when Henry was in fourth grade, I was his book club leader um, over at the elementary school, and we read this little novel about a young boy and his Native American grandfather, and they were in a conversation in the book about. Um, listening and his grandfather and this is in the early days of door of hope so i was really starting to meet with a lot of women and in the book the grandfather tells him to always listen for the white spaces and that just struck me because it's like so often especially if i'm meeting with like women that might be struggling or struggling in their marriage or you know single women going through things it's it's just that remind i was just sharing it with you because it's just that reminder to listen also to what's not being said because that's often why they're there to talk to you in the first place and i don't know so many times that's happened where i've been able to identify that and it ends up being the whole basis of the reason we were jesus brought us together in the first place yeah it's a it's a hospitality that leads to discernment this essentially um well i want to um i want to uh, jump into just a, a few questions um but i just want to just uh to i just think this is really important um uh, hospitality and even when we think about hospitality and we think about space the the question um uh, i wrote down something that you wrote darcy i think you 
pull it from Mark Twain, a home that embraces, nurtures, sustains, and inspires. Mm -hmm. um, was it Mark Twain that wrote that? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's he such... Was, he was speaking about his family home. Yeah, but you read that? I just think this is so cool. Um, <clears throat> in speaking of the family home, he said, it had a heart and a soul and eyes to see with and approvals and solicitudes and deepest sympathies. It was of us, and we were in its grace and in the peace of its benedictions. We never came home from an absence that its face did not light up and speak out in eloquent welcome, and we could not enter it unmoved. And then he went on to say, a home that embraces, nurtures, sustains, and inspires. And that can literally be any home. Yeah, 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 it can. At, that it's inviting, encouraging, trusting, revealing, healing, affirming, compassionate, supportive, and and uh, and also receptive. Is that the kind of space that we're we're creating? Um, well, let's let's uh, look at some questions. Uh, Evan, did we get any questions? We did. And did you text them to me already? Uh, you emailed it. To me. I just got a picture of a clown. <laughs> You emailed them to me. Okay, got it. All right. Um, uh, the first question uh, is, can you practice hospitality without inviting people over to your home? How does or could that look? Well, I think you could. I mean, I, mean, I feel like you... I mean, I don't know why this is so silly. It depends on the time of year, but instantly to me, I think of a picnic, like something just so simple, you know, like you bring a blanket, you pack a picnic, just something simple and take this person to a place that's special to you, you know? Um, and even if it's just a coffee shop, you know, you can be present with a person in a coffee shop. You can make them feel heard and understood and speak into their life. I mean, that's so understandable. A lot of people wouldn't, might not be comfortable having especially strangers over. So I think, you know, I think again, focus on your presence with that person and not so much the location is yeah. what I would say. I, I mean, I even go, I, I had an incredible counselor last year that was so helpful for me. In fact, I really miss that he, felt like I graduated. I don't know if I did or not, but, uh, I don't um, know but, either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if we need to, I'm like, can't I just pay you to be my friend? But, uh, we, I never met him face to face. We met, it, it's the one time that like zoom actually really worked. And part of it was just his gift at listening and he, and his empathy and even just the way that he looked at me when he talked to me and he would hear, you know, yes, I'm paying him. But I think that there's a lot to be learned from that. From the, the, that that gift is is that power of list, of listening. He loved grace, and so empathy was a huge um, a huge part of his thing. And it, and so I think I mean you can show hospitality through a phone call. I think part of it's just remembering that we aren't here for ourselves. Uh, so if you mean can you practice hospitality toward yourself alone? Um, for, I, I, don't, I don't think that's Yeah, I'm like, I love to make myself a meal, <laughs> make myself feel loved and appreciated. Um, I, I know that's not what's meant. So I, as little as, as just reaching out to the people within, 
I mean, our worlds can shrink so quickly to self con being self-consumed. So I'll thank you for the examples. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'm still trying to figure out how I can practice hospitality by myself. I, I don't know uh, why. Um, <laughs> I have a community group with myself. <laughs> Two-part question. What do you see as the biggest obstacle to hospitality, and what do you see as the biggest benefit of hospitality? Well, I, I mean, I'll share mine, and then you... I get caught in the middle of those, because... Um, read me the first part again. The biggest obstacle. Yeah. Is myself. <laughs> because it can... I can get overwhelmed very easily with life um, if things, you know, are struggling in our home life, or you know, something traumatic has gone on in some way, um, you know, and then I'm trying to do it in my own strength. And so I often feel like I can miss out on really beautiful opportunities just because I'm like letting my flesh get in the way and being selfish and, and not just heeding the spirit's call to like love this person or these people. And, and, and a lot of times though, I push past that and you know die to that self and it's always so rewarding i mean the only thing when i walk away feeling like maybe unfulfilled from hosting is when i cannot get a person to open up that's very hard for me i like surface conversation cannot keep me present and so I'm always thankful when I push through um, just my own insecurities and and bring the people into my home. But I mean, I think that can be the only the only downfall for me is when I just can't crack the nut, basically. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Like, I feel like there's a spiritual component too. Like, I, there's so many oh, times when definitely. Darcy has been like, "Hey, honey, we're gonna meet with someone," and it's like people that I love, people I love to spend time with, and for some reason. Because, I mean, I think, too, because of our role, uh, where I'll just be like, I kind of throw, I throw baby fits. I do. I'm kind of the king of fit. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't, why, I can't do that tonight. And then we do it, and then I'm like, why am I such a jerk? What's going on with, and I realize that a lot of, I think that there's a spiritual element where I think the enemy would love for us to just, to, to just, like not have space and to not what's I mean the greatest I think that the the greatest obstacle to hospitality is when you open yourself up to people you're also opening up yourself to the possibility of being hurt by someone but that is part of the Christian life is there is risk involved and we can't not engage with people because we might get hurt because you're going to get hurt without people yeah I find yeah. that definitely in ministry I mean I think that was part, like, when I started talking in the beginning of feeling a little bit convicted about being up here talking about this, because I used to just be willing to open our home to anybody, you know, it just, like, watching people enjoy your hospitality, that's, like, so motivating, and then having heart connections with people in your home, but, um, oh, I just totally lost where I was going just, with that. I think being hurt. In oh, yes, ministry. There's just been, I mean, it's just life. 
basically, but it's weird when it happens in ministry. And there's been a lot of hurts in um, our life with ministry relationships. And so if I look at like how frequently I was hosting people, you know, maybe eight years ago to now, it makes me sad. And um, it's like something I'm working through with Jesus. So as far as that question goes, like, it will always be a benefit. And I think like dying to the busyness of our life and feeling overwhelmed or feeling shy or feeling insecure, if Jesus is calling you to love on a particular person or couple or family, I I think you can't go wrong. I would say always push through, die to self, and do it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Um, what uh, um, can you speak to the roles of women and men in the context of hospitality? There seems to be a common assumption that hospitality uh, is a woman's ministry, but is there really a difference in the gift of hospitality exercised by women versus men? I, I, I don't think that there's. Uh, I think, like Darcy shared, you know, there are passages that specifically speak to uh, speak to women, like she was sharing the Proverbs 31 wife, but hospitality is something that, that the church is called to engage in. Uh, we're, the, one of the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. One of the very definition of hospitality is kindness. We, we all need to be hot. We all need to be hospitable. We all need to be, a, we all need to be a people. I think actually, I think I actually think it comes more naturally to women and not because they're better homemakers, but I think that women just generally, I mean, I've seen that I've seen nobody can deny the difference between a women's event and a men's event. And a women's event is just like hearts open. I mean, I've even, I've been in the, you know, back room when Darcy has women that in from Dorf Hope that are in women's ministry together and just the, quickness to which they'll go deeply into heart things is unfortunately i i don't know why men are that way but we have a harder time doing that it's a it's a difficult thing to to enter into so i think on that level um i think that hospitality uh opening yourself up generously like you know opening up your your home and in providing a space for people to come and experience healing. I think men and women have to do that um, together. Well, I, we do it really well together because we're so different. Mm -hmm. So I may be the one that plans it. He throws his baby fit and then we do it anyway. And then I'm shy. So he's really good at like, you know, welcoming people in and kind of creating the hubbub, you know, so I can kind of shrink into the background. And, and then we cook together oftentimes. Um, we're both in the kitchen and he can like get the conversation. I don't know, we just, it's like a little bit of a dance where then as I get more comfortable, that's when I think I'm better at like kind of bringing the evening down, bringing like deeper converse, like helping deeper conversation to get going. Yeah, and if she didn't do that, I would be showing like YouTube clips <laughs> and uh, like just miscellaneous information because I'm kind of useless at night. But but yeah, I don't think it's a it's a it's, it's no it's not a and and I I love decorating as much as Darcy does. Everybody's different. Everybody's some people are more artistic. Some people aren't. Some people are. I, I mean, the most important thing yeah. is you're just like 
you're trying to witness Jesus's love to people. So however that works for you in whatever place, whether it's a park or a coffee shop or a hike or your home or whatever, it's you're just wanting to love people, yeah. to help them to feel loved and known. Yeah. And at that verse I started off with, by the way, in Hebrews um, 13 is not directed to women, it's directed to the church. Um, let brotherly love continue, showing hospitality to one another. Um, so that is definitely the, you know, that is a, we're all one in Christ. Um, uh, we, I, I do think we see lots of examples of it where, uh, where traditionally you had, I mean, that, I mean, that's the power of the, the Proverbs 31 chapter, I mean, kind of leads one to believe that, like, if you were the dude, you just got to, like, hang out at a gate and talk to your friends all day while your wife worked. Um, and like, and I'm ran like, that whole I'm like, I just missed out on that culture. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't think that you can, I don't think you can apply somehow hospitality is the ladies thing. Uh, and, and men, we need to be better at inviting other men into our lives um, in creating safe spaces for them to open up. There's a lot of guys, um, there's a lot of people in our church that, uh, I mean, I think for guys, I think one of the things that hospitality brings is it allows us to be kind of spiritual parents, even to people that are younger than us, a generation that are younger than us, like how Taylor treats Darcy, the fact that he texts her all the time. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I know plenty of people in the church that didn't, like myself, grow up with a father. I mean, it's what we do with faithful friends is, is like we're showing hospitality to at-risk youth to show that they're loved and they, they belong. I, it's just the role of the church. This is a huge part of witness. So, um, so I don't think uh, guys are uh, somehow not responsible for hospitality. That would be crazy. What can we do to engage and encourage more hospitality within the community? Um, I think that you know every person has a part to play in the witnessing of the gospel. Uh, and it means every person, that why hospitality actually is placed in this series where it is, is because to be a praying uh, people that are balanced of word and spirit is going to lead us to a love of God and love of neighbor. And hospitality is the practical ways in which we love neighbor. <laughs> and, and if we don't, if it just stops with like, I got my theology in order, but we aren't actually inviting the messiness of people's lives into our lives, that we can be a conduit of healing, then we're missing the whole point of church. And so uh, this is a crucial, a crucial part. And so I would just simply say this, the, the, like if you've not, when we relaunch community groups, um, in the fall, uh, I, like, I encourage you, if you're not in one or haven't been one or haven't led one, that you consider it, um, that you'd see it as an honor and not a place of burnout, um, that it is an opportunity to actually um, join in the burden of shepherding. Uh, and I think that there's ways that hospitality is just being generous with your time for the good of others, and that can be done in all the various ministries that we're involved with in the church. So. Um, so I think there is so much available for you to do. Um, and we run a lean staff because we want to see a church where people are exercising uh, the gifts of the spirit so that we can truly be one body with one mission, one vision. So uh, I think just begin with asking the question of how, am, how is my life a conduit of, of, um, of care for 
those people that I come in contact with within my realm of influence. Um, Darcy, I'm going to give you the next um, uh, the next one. What is the difference between hospitality and entertaining? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that hospitality. I really heard. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I heard much about hospitality before I was a believer. I mean, I think entertaining to me is like showing someone a good time. Like they come over and there's good food and good music and good conversation. Um, you know, and this is just my own definition. But I, I think hospitality, as we've been speaking, is much deeper than that. Um, listening, encouraging, loving, caring for, it's, to me, just a deeper form of entertaining, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's like the difference between, uh, hospitality carries with it a desire um, to create a free space in which people can actually come uh, come to an awareness of, of a of Jesus. We want to create a space where people can meet with Jesus. Not and and we also want to create a space where people aren't they aren't treated like projects where their humanity, their own choices, their own decisions. This is a safe space for you to be you. Um, but we want to love in such a way that you see something in us that that maybe is missing in yourself. Uh, entertaining is throwing a party. Um, and that, and it's a wonderful way of, that humans can connect. Uh, you know, it's like going and doing karaoke together. But it's, uh, you know, not that I ever do that, and it sounds horrible. But, uh, but the, uh, but the idea of, uh, I think that it's possible to 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 enter into hospitality and there to be an entertaining component to it. Um, but entertainment is not the same as hospitality, uh, in because hospitality is is its ultimate goal. Um, is the nurture and care of, of those um, who we've invited in to the embrace of the gospel. Um, and then there's uh, one final question that we have here. Um, uh, how do you have meaningful conversations with new people as an introvert? Um, that's a really good question. Um, well, I, I tend to ask a lot of questions, um, but I also gauge, I, I get really transparent really fast. I feel like that is something that helps me connect with other people. Um, when I sense a person that's maybe leery of opening up, I'll just do it. <laughs> I'll just bear my soul. I mean, I think that's something that people have found like, refreshing with Josh and I over the years like I think about our time in California then our time at Solid Rock and starting Door of Hope it's like as part of our um, hospitality and going into deeper conversation with people we are always very just open and transparent about our own life and our own struggles and I don't think that's the most common thing in the world um, so 
I think setting the stage for a safe place for transparency and then listening for those white spaces like you can I mean it's if you really start thinking about that it's very easy to do when somebody's talking about their life and you just notice a pattern of things that they're not talking about and then you can kind of direct them back to it but yeah, I, and I, 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 people don't realize this about me, but I'm, I am an introvert who is a verbal processor. So, so my way of, of fighting against that, I mean, you probably see that on Sunday morning. I'm, it's very difficult for me to be around everyone before I preach. I'm really nervous. I get super anxious. I have to like kind of like I'll go into my office. I'll get overwhelmed easily. But one of the things that I, that where Darcy and I are different, she's able to just kind of be just natural. She's a calming presence, and I tend to be more of an intense presence. But the way that I break through the awkwardness of my own introversion is just is my interest in everything. And so just looking for a point of contact. So I will try to find something that I can, I don't care. I, it's one of the things I'm like, Lord, please let me um, put to use the endless amounts of useless information in my brain. Um, and so, you know, like, if you're Polish, I'm going to talk to you about Polish poetry. You know, I'm like, uh, like I will look for something. I, and, it, and, um, and, and I think that that's, the, that, that's one of the, the ways that I, that's my personal method for breaking from the kind of the surface and then being able to move to the, to the deeper. Um, you know, I, I missed a question that I think actually is really important. Um, and this is um, one that we, I think we should close with. Um, can you talk about how boundaries relate to hospitality like when is it okay to say no to people versus when should we push past the discomfort of having people in your home um it was interesting i read this thing by now and just today i never heard this language used but he, he was talking about presence um the key to hospitality is presence uh, a presence that comes from you understand your god's presence in your life a presence that comes out of your own your own um, comfort level with the fact that you yourself are beloved and you're able in your ability to project that belovedness onto the person in front of you but he also talked about the necessity of what he called um, creative absence of and I think what he meant by that is that the understanding um, how to enter into the how to enter into boundaries how how boundaries are a necessary aspect of life and Boundaries within the context of community is important as well um, Because a lot of people I've shared this before when we talk about service is that the question is one of the telling signs of whether you're hospitable um, or Or you find your value in being recognized for something that you're doing so I want people to recognize I'm a good cook or I want people to say that I'm a good servant and I, I would say do you serve to be loved or do you serve because you are loved? And th those are very different models. And it begins to speak to, I think people that serve to be loved do not understand boundaries. And it's what, it's, what does Jake call it, Darce? Um, oh, entanglement. Yeah, entanglement. That a huge part of healthy relationships is learning how to disentangle. Um, uh, so we're called to be one body um, and we all have unique parts to play, but a person that can never be alone is never going to be prepared to be with others. And a person that's always uh, um, 
always with others and doesn't know how to be alone. And so I think that you need to, there needs to be a balance in that. And I think within community groups and especially hospitality on a, on a church level is that there's nothing wrong with setting boundaries on top. You know, you're always gonna have people like the ways that will stay super late um, because they can because they're so charming uh, but you uh, but but it's not it's not inappropriate um, to create boundaries um, and you have to understand what your own needs are if you're a mom with a bunch of littles your your bandwidth is going to be much smaller than an empty nester um, and that's okay because that's the season of life here and your first priority is your family so I think the key is not comparing what someone else is able to do the question is what what is your bandwidth? Where, what are you capable of handling? And what is your emotional bandwidth? Some people like they're with someone for an hour and they like, I gotta, I gotta be alone now for a bit. Like some people like, man, they could, they don't know when to not be with people cause they're so extroverted. And God is, that's the beauty of the body. We're all different. And we all uh, are, we have an extroverted daughter. Actually, I think both of our kids are actually tend to be more extroverted than I expected. Um, and it's just understanding that understanding that nature. Darcy and I are both introverted, but in different ways. Like she truly needs like lots of time to be uh, energized by time alone, but she actually has a quietness to her personhood where if I'm with you, I want to talk. I want to, I want to process the chaos out of my head, which is why she was so mad at me before this thing. Cause I was like trying to work out my questions in real time. About 20 minutes before we started. I'm like, so the Latin origin of hospitality, Darcy, answer now. Um, no. Uh, anyway, I think that that's important. Boundaries are an important part of life, and there's nothing wrong with setting boundaries um, in regards to you. Like, being a person of hospitality doesn't mean that you're just like, a, like, my door is always unlocked. Come to my house. You can be that person, but that's, our house will not be unlocked if you come over at night. Um, and so you're like, knock on the window, Josh, Darcy, <laughs> don't do that. It will scare us. Um, but with that, um, you guys, thank you. That was a lot of great questions. Uh, and I was wondering if, uh, and they were, those were better questions than some of previous questions. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm comparing, I'm going to keep them all. We'd like you to sign in who asked what. Um, well, what I'd like to do actually is for us um, to just pray together. Um, and I want, I want to do this as an exercise because we never do this and it'll be extra awkward, it'll be fun. Um, if you can just stand together. And, and I want you to think about this as hospitality because this will be, this will really set people out of their comfort zone, I know. Uh, uh, is I'd like, I want to pray for us, but I want to do something that we don't generally do. And I, I want you to hold the hand of the person next to you. Yeah. And I'll hold your hand, Darcy. Yeah. You know, uh, as I stated with hospitality, one of the key words that just kept coming to mind is embrace. Um, the power of human touch. One of the, the most healing aspects of, of seeing what it meant to love my dad was it required an actual proximity, a willingness to go be where he was because he couldn't be where we were. Um, to be able to touch his face 
when he was passing to be able to let him know that he was loved and hospitality is opening ourselves up in a way that requires a proximity um, that that we are made for intimacy um, and not just intimacy with our married our, 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 our partners but we are made for communal intimacy that is to really know each other deeply to care for each other to give each other hugs to let people know that they're loved and I think that we are can be so private especially in an age where we just came through pandemics where not only should we not talk touch each other but we shouldn't even be close to one another we it's time to move beyond that um, and a time to move into a place where we truly become a, a community of healing so let me pray that over us okay uh, Lord Jesus I just thank you so much um, I, I thank you for this community I thank you for Darcy and just her her I know how much uh, it took for her to get up here and talk with everyone tonight and I just thank you for the clarity of her thoughts and the uh, the genuine care and concern that she has modeled to me and to so many uh, how she cares for people and sees them and hears them and I pray that um, that quality over all of us men and women in this church that we would be a people that are known for our in invitation um, for those that are hurting to come and discover the healing of Jesus um, through our lives practically our, a willingness to invite people into our homes a willingness to open up our lives to others and to hear the stories of others and to provide space um, for your spirit to truly do your healing work and so Lord I pray that door of hope would be a community that is known for its love for one another for by this, they will know that we are your disciples. We love you, Jesus. Give us love, not only for you, but for one another. And we pray this in your name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight.